Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today. I've got a question for you. Why are church people so hateful and intolerant? Actually, maybe another question is, are they hateful and intolerant? I get asked this question quite often on campus. Matter of fact, again, as I've said before, rarely does a day go by where I don't hear some college student when I'm out on the campus telling me they left the church, they left faith, they left God, maybe they left their family because they were hateful and intolerant. And one thing that is a little bit concerning is that although I've heard this for years, primarily coming from the LGBT community and people who've left and who embraced the gay lesbian lifestyle, I'm hearing it more and more from people who haven't done that, who are sympathetic to that concern of, of people being, shall we say, a victim of Christian hatred, even though they're not, in, uh, they're not personally feeling that they are victim, they sympathize with others. Now, this is a particularly hurtful comment to make about Christians, isn't it? If you're a Christian and you might even be saying, Tom, why did you even say that? Or am I affirming that Christians are hateful and intolerant? Well, it's particularly hateful. Why? Because we are supposed to be the religion of love. We were given the commandment by Jesus. He said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another, even as I've loved you. By this will all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. That was his commandment to us. That was his final commandment, the new commandment. It's the old commandment, shall we say. The great commandment is that we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's first and foremost. And the second is like it, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. These are things that should mark the Christians. We should be known we're Christians by our love. Now, to be fair, these verses, John 13 and verses in 1 John, they're, they're directed towards the Christian community, that we love one another. And I think that is an important distinction we make. We should be known for our love for all people. But so many of these verses that talk about what really will distinguish us is the love we have for those who are in the Christian community, how we'll lay down our life for one another. And indeed, when I hear people talk about Christians not loving one another, I think, what world are you living in? I realize it happens. I realize there are some mean-spirited Christians out there. I realize there are some churches out there that are very intolerant and, and uh, of anyone who's different. I realize that. But to me, the overwhelming experience of what I've seen and what I've experienced is just the opposite. In fact, we've had times in our lives when we've had a crisis in our families, and I've, I've come out of those times wondering, how do people make it through crises without a church, without a church family, without people to be there for them, without the help that others provide, the encouragement, the, the, maybe the material help, the, the physical help, the the, the support that you get when you're in a family crisis. How do people make it through that? Some don't, and I know others do, but I know we, we couldn't have. We have been, we have in our life given love to people in our church, and we have been the recipients of love and kindness and mercy and support from people in our church. And so when I hear people talk about how churches are so mean and hateful— I know it's true. I know it happens, but it certainly isn't my experience, and I don't think it's unique to our church either. In fact, I think Christians are the nicest people, 
the most generous people, the most kind people, the most supportive people, the most loving people on the planet. Are there exceptions? Yes. Does everyone meet up to that? No. Is that the general rule for what I've experienced? No doubt. But here enters an idea of what we must know as in psychology they call confirmation bias. What's confirmation bias? If you look on the screen here, if you listen to the podcast, you can't see this. But on the screen, we have two circles. One is called facts and evidence, and the other is called our beliefs. And they have a period where they over, a, a place where they overlap. And where they overlap in, in the video here is, is colored in. And what that is, is we tend to believe only the facts and only the evidence that confirms our beliefs. I will confess that because I believe the church is a place of love and acceptance and kindness and encouragement, because that's what I've received. That's what's been given to me. That's what I've, that's what my family's received. That's what the people I know have received. I tend to think of the church like that. And when I see uh, evidence to the contrary, I'm slow to believe it. I'm hesitant. I'm skeptical. And likewise, if someone left the church feeling they were hated or intolerant because maybe they had become they came out as gay and the church didn't accept that or accept them for that then they could tend to overlook in their confirmation bias they too could tend to overlook the kindness the charity the support the love the 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 service that churches give and just uh affirm their belief that the church is hateful because that's what they experienced it was hateful to them, and so they believe church people are hateful. So I want to start by saying, recognize your own confirmation bias. If you think the church is, is filled with hateful people, it might be because you're only accepting what you want to believe. And I'll admit, if I feel the church isn't filled with hateful people, it might be because I'm only accepting what affirms what I have experienced in my own life. However, I think there can be a couple other factors that are involved here. Christians are known to be known for their love, but we also have standards, and we have standards of right and wrong. And we live in a culture that more and more doesn't have standards anymore. We live in a culture so focused on what we'll call individual autonomy, so focused on I can do whatever I want as long as I'm not hurting you. You can't judge anyone. You can't say anyone's wrong. You can't, you can't have standards of human behavior. Each of us can do whatever we want. And, if, and the church doesn't believe that because we believe in God. And we believe the standards of what is right and wrong come from God. If there is no God, as we've said this before, we've taught this before, but if there's no God, then each of us make up our own standards and you and I don't have the, the, the right to tell anyone else they're wrong as long as they're not hurting us or hurting someone else. There are no standards if there's no God. But if there is a God, then there are standards because they come from him. And moral behavior isn't determined by my feelings or my desires or my lust. Appropriate moral behavior is reflected, it's given to us by God Almighty, our Creator, in his law, his moral law, his commandments. And so as Christians, we have a different standard of how we know what's right and wrong. We follow a different standard. We walk to it by a different standard. And if you don't believe in God or that's not your standard or you think it's determined by your feelings or your desires, 
then you could look at people with standards and think they're hateful, think they're intolerant. They're intolerant. What are they? They are intolerant of temptation. They're intolerant of sin, which raises for us a couple of questions. Is it intolerant to have and abide by moral standards? In our day and age, more and more people are saying it is. That if you have standards of absolute right and wrong, if you think certain things are right for all people, that's known as intolerant. Now, let's give some examples. Everyone agrees that it's wrong to murder somebody. That's not called intolerant when a Christian has a, a says, I think murder is wrong, because the other person would agree with that in their personal personal desires. If you're talking about sexual assault, most people, people would agree that's wrong. Why? Because it violates that individual autonomy. That's not only true biblically, that would be true in terms of most people's personal moral code. But when it comes to other things of, of uh, yielding to temptation, particularly in the area of the LGBT issues, the LGBT behavior, then people see that as if you don't affirm, if you don't, if you don't, if you think I'm wrong, if you have standards that what is appropriate in a marriage, for instance, what is appropriate behavior is for a husband and wife, a man and woman, a husband and wife to come together, and anything outside of that is sinful. Some people would say you're intolerant. Well, you're not intolerant. You're abiding by the moral standards given by God. And this is our duty, Christians. This is our responsibility. Yes, we, we, we speak these truths in love, but we cannot be silent and not speak these truths because otherwise we're assenting to the idea that there really is no God to give us standards, that we each come up with them on ourselves, and this will lead to chaos, anarchy in a moral sense, in a civilization sense, and it's in, indeed that's what it's doing. Second question we want to ask. Is it hateful to not affirm and celebrate sinful behavior? If there are standards and they come from God, violating those standards are are called sin. It's sin. And so that behavior is known as sinful behavior. And in our day and age, more and more, as we've exchanged light for darkness, we call evil good and good evil. We're expected at work, in school, and in the general community we're expected to affirm and to celebrate the violation of those standards, those biblical standards, what the Bible would call sin. Is that hateful? Not at all. I would contend it's love. I would contend it's concern for the person. I would contend that to uh, graciously, kindly point out to a person, this is wrong. You're on the path of destruction. It's going to destroy your life here on earth. And it's certainly going to destroy you into eternity and bring destruction and eternal judgment upon you into eternity. And to bring that up and to warn people of this is not hate, it's love. We we consider, you see someone, you've driven down a road and you find the bridges out and the river's raging and you turn back and you're driving away and you see another car speeding in that direction. Do you let it drive, go that way and run off the the, the broken bridge, the, 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 the bridge that's down into the water and drown? Or is it loving to stop them and say, wait a minute, stop, you're heading for disaster? Christians, when we warn people that they're heading for disaster, that's not hate, that's love. It's hate to not do so. It's hatred to not warn them because we see and we understand the destiny.
And so are church people and Christian people, are we hateful and intolerant? Again, I'm not going to say we, we, I'm not going to contend that we can't grow to be more loving. We can be more gracious. And I'm not going to contend there aren't some people who have expressed Christian values in a mean, hateful, spiteful way, maybe even intentionally or maybe unintentionally. They just weren't very artful in their communication. I won't deny these things. I'm not going to be the victim of confirmation bias myself. But listen, if you're part of the Church of Jesus Christ, you're part of the most you're you're part of the greatest community on earth. You're part of the most loving community on earth. You're part of a community that does accept those who are seeking to do what God wants. To those who've come under the authority of God, you're part of the greatest community on earth. Don't be quick to accept the negative the negative biases that those who have rejected the standards of God and those who've chosen to to go their own way, of course they're going to criticize those who are following Christ. We're warned that this persecution would happen. We're warned, Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Why do they hate us? Just because we believe we're going to heaven? No, it's because often it's because we live by and abide by the standards of God. We say, he's the Lord. You and I aren't. We don't just do whatever we want. We follow him. And to say that, at any time, especially in our world, is going to engender accusation. Be careful that it doesn't cause you to abandon your standards or to act in a non-Christian way. We don't determine how we live by those who accuse us. We determine how to live by loyalty, submission, and obedience to the Almighty. Amen? Father in heaven, we bless you today. We love you and we worship you. We thank you that you are our Lord and our God, and because of that, we follow you. I do pray, Father, that we would always do this with grace, with mercy, with kindness. I pray you'd help us to know how to stand for truth, to have standards, but not in a, in a way that's mean-spirited or arrogant. Help us, Lord, to have genuine compassion on the lost. Help us, Lord, to hear their concerns. Help us to pray for them. Lord, we do pray for those who, who have been hurt, or and their confirmation bias is assumed that, that just all Christians are mean. We pray for them, Lord. Open their eyes and bring them to the salvation. And Father, they're headed for that down bridge. They're headed for the chasm. They're headed for destruction. We ask you to have mercy upon them and bring them to salvation. But Lord, help us to be grateful for our churches. Help us to be grateful for the love that's shown there. Help us to excel and love even more and to always be reflecting the glory of our loving God. Help us to know how to live with standards in a loving, gracious way, to be uncompromising, but to be uncompromising in our grace and mercy as well. We pray for these things. Help us navigate these days in which we live. Be with us, we pray. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen, and amen. I don't know about you, but I love the Bible. It's so practical. It's so real. I get in it every day. I couldn't live without it. I hope you feel the same way. If you have trouble really benefiting from your Bible study, join us every day. We come here every day with a meaningful message of how to be a better Christian 
in our world today. I invite you to join us. Subscribe to the channel. Like the videos. Share it with your friends. Tell others about it. Let's build a strong community of loving Christians who stand firm in the ways of God and who walk in obedience to the Lord because we love Him and we love others. And I love you guys. So glad to have you along. What a blessing this is. Until we see you tomorrow, might God bless you and make you strong. God bless you. Bye-bye.